Hey guys, and welcome back to another solo podcast. This is Solo 3, as we're calling it. Uh, don't worry, do not fret. I'm going to be joined by the big man himself, George, tomorrow, I believe, if he makes it. So you can look forward to that episode tomorrow. But nevertheless, I will be podcasting on my own today, answering questions as usual. I got about 35 questions through today, so there's no way in saying that I'm going to get through all of them. Probably not. But I'll get through as many as I can and obviously I'll try and give as in-depth of an answer as each one deserves. Obviously some can be answered a little bit more, uh, a little bit faster than, than some and some may be similar of course as always. But a little bit of an update on me as you always like to hear this. So I am sort of uh, a week, uh, half a week away from uh, obviously spectating at the UK finals which is a very, or the UK, the FBA UK finals, which is a very uh, sort of close to my heart show because obviously that's the one that I won last year as a junior and that's the one that took me to the Worlds. So the very same stage, the very same venue and I've got two athletes and juniors, Aidan Scanlon and Dan Argent and I've also got Sasha Francis who's competing in the UK Up Finals in Junior Bikini so if there's anyone in the UK Up Finals make sure to, to cheer on Sasha as she's, uh, she's going to be there on the, on the Saturday unfortunately I can't make that one because I'll be helping set up the, the UK DFBA Finals uh, for the Sunday but looking forward to the show itself, it's going to be a really good one. Um, we obviously have the, the pro class as well with Damien Lees, uh, Ben Howard competing, um, and a bunch of other cool people that will, that will be there on the day that I'm going to get to see. Uh, got Valentin coming over from Vienna, got Kevin coming over from Vienna um, to sort of support their clients, which is just so cool. I'm going to get to see so many of my friends, which um, I cannot wait for. I'm very excited. My training is going well. Uh, all of my movements have been sort of like progressing in a, in a nice stable manner. Uh, a lot of my pressing movements are going really, really well at the moment with body weight coming up just slightly. Um, going for a little bit of a slower, uh, if anything, a slower rate of gain because I'm not really like focusing too much on the rate of gain. I'm also looking at how I'm looking and how I'm feeling and how I'm performing as opposed to the number on the scale, which I think is really important. Um, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm, clo I'm like still in the high 160s. I was like 167-ish. 167.5 last week, I was like 168, 169 this week. So I'm not aiming to add very much weight over a monthly basis because I feel like I'm in a good, stable range. Um, I want to be in a surplus. I want to make progress. Uh, I need to see a surplus in order to gain maximal muscle mass, of course. Um, but nevertheless, I'm not looking for anything sort of crazy in terms of the, the surplus that I'm going to be in. But yeah, outside of that, all things are good. I managed to catch maybe, well, yesterday I felt not so good at all. Um, Danny was ill over the weekend. Obviously, I, uh, I spend my weekends with Danny. Um, and I think I maybe picked up a little bit of her illness. Um, but of course, like, it's, it's, I don't care about getting ill if it means that I'm spending time with Danny, of course. Um, you know, that, that comes over everything. But the, the reality is, like, being ill does suck a little bit. And it does interrupt training a little bit. But um, if it's something like my general advice is if it's a head cold, then you can probably just crack on. Um, if it's anything sort of below the neck and you're like you're you're losing fluid or anything like that, then you you probably need to uh, to take time off. But yeah, let's get into the questions so we can spend the majority of this podcast answering questions. So 
Um, I got asked emotions before your first competition and before your last comp. What was it like when you first, I'm imagining, he ran out of space, but I'm imagining it was like when you first won a show. Um, so like when I first won a show, obviously the emotion there was extremely high um, because I, I'd worked so hard for that moment in time. Um, that was the first show that I actually won was uh, the BMBF Midlands as a teenager. So I, my first ever show was the BMBF Midlands as a teenager and I came third. And then the year after I did it again as a teenager and I won it. Um, the euphoria there was, was incredible. And that was when I sort of like in my head confirmed everything that I was doing because it made me realize that, okay, yeah, I've made progress in my off season. I've now become a better bodybuilder and I've now stepped up a level from coming third to winning a show. Um, that was amazing. And then obviously my success as a junior, again, just sort of similar feelings. It's like, you almost feel like, wow, like, fuck, like all the work that I do behind the scenes pays off. And that's the most rewarding thing about bodybuilding is it does. When you put the work in, you do get rewarded, whether it's, you know, within your genetic capacity, you you get a top three and that's great for you and your, your level of genetics or your level of work. Um, or, you know, you win. Um, and sometimes, you know, you, you do win above, you tramp everything. And sometimes people with, you know, very subpar genetics do win. You know, it's very possible. Um, I don't think I've got subpar genetics. I think I've got decent genetics. I wouldn't say that I, my genetics are, are very, very good, but I would say they're okay. Um, and uh, I, I've obviously got, at the moment, a decent work ethic to match. And yeah, the, so the feeling of just confirmation is what I get when I win. Three favorite places you've traveled to and three places you're yet to visit. So three favorite places was probably Boston, New York, and LA. Like, unfortunately, they're all in the States. Um, they were probably my favorite places so far. Um, Vienna was up there as well. Vienna was very enjoyable. I didn't see much of Vienna itself, but the gym was uh, incredible. Three places I'm yet to visit. Um, Australia, um, anywhere in sort of like Asia, I'm yet, I'm yet to visit and, uh, like places like Hong Kong, Thailand, etc. like Asia way, I'm not yet to visit those areas. So that would be the next place that I'd potentially look to visit in, in future years. Um, the thing that America lacks is culture, you know, it doesn't have much culture or history. Um, whereas some of those other places obviously do. Um, they're exciting. I'd like to visit uh, sort of Dubai as well because um, I've seen a lot of people go out there. So, um, will you be will having more water improve performance? So six to eight liters compared to four. Um, ben, I think like honestly, I don't think that it's going to make a, a a tremendous difference going from four to six. It's like two liters isn't going to make or break you, but. I would say that, you know, for for someone who's taking their training very, very seriously, who's eating at a high frequency, whose sodium intake is fairly high, I'd say having sort of the upper end of six to eight liters would probably be what you were looking for. But I generally go by the rule of thumb of drinking to thirst and also making sure that when you do urinate, that your urine is clear. Um, and if, the, if it is, then perfecto, you're probably having enough, you're probably hydrated, so... That's my general thoughts, all right? So that's the general idea as to where you should be in terms of hydration. Um, Joe Foster, do you have any experience with recreational drug use? Uh, when I was 15, 16, 
Um, I was part of the crew that smoked a little bit of weed, but other than that, nothing. Um, I'm a very innocent little lad. Uh, my friends actually, and this like this is why I sometimes like listen to Josh's Josh Bridgman's podcast, and I, I sort of think, wow, I'm like <laughs> I'm half glad that I didn't go any further than uh, what I did because you know some of the things that he's done sound fucking wacky. Um, so. Uh, yeah, like a lot of my friends sort of went on to, you know, MDMA, etc, etc. And when they started do- doing that, and I saw the influence that that had on them, uh, I was out. <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not game for that. But yeah, when I was like 15, 16, a uh, little bit of weed in there, but very little, just like parties, Friday nights, things like that. Um, but yeah, beyond alcohol um, and yeah, a bit of weed. Other than that, like literally nothing. Um, I'm a very innocent little lad. But um, yeah, and in terms of like people worrying as to whether that's like on the banned substance list or anything like that, um, actually Nunez mentioned this in Revive Strongest podcast. Um, you know, actually quite a few. I know quite a few competitors that use uh, cannabis to actually help with sleep uh, in a prep. Um, I wouldn't advise that um, because there is a rule of thumb within WADA and the drug testing and the polygraphing that you're not allowed to have it sort of close to the polygraph. So I'm not sure on the actual rules on how close it can be. So I'd just be very fucking careful if you're using it for sleep and you like (laughs) smoke a fat one before the night before your poly, you're probably going to be in a bit of trouble. So yeah, I'd just um, stay clear of that. But Joe, to answer your question... I'm a bit of a pussy. I backed out before anything got quite serious. Um, so I haven't got any fun J- Josh Bridgman stories to tell you, unfortunately. Connor, so one of my clients asked, how do you find the line between intensity uh, and accuracy? So I record my sets, buddy, um, and you know the importance of this yourself. You know, Connor has been a client of mine for literally just a few weeks now, and uh, pretty much every single evening, he's sending me through training videos. So that's it, you know, he's sending me through updates as to how he's performing movements, I swear my voice almost broke there, um, how's he's, how he's performing movements, and I give him uh, feedback, so that's very important for your online clients, if you've, if you've got them, definitely get uh, footage of their lifts, and for me, I always record anything where I'm trying to go for a progressed number, so if I'm trying to overload, I'm recording that set. That is like just an absolute must for me. I have to record that set if I'm going to overload. Christian, time-restricted eating. Uh, I like to personally, when I'm dieting, push off my first meal for a little bit. So I might wake up as early as 6 a.m. and I might not eat until 10 a.m. Um, I might have like water, black coffee, potentially uh, branch train amino, uh, sorry, EAAs, not branch change, uh, EAAs to sort of get through that, that period of time. But other than that, um, you know, I think if you look into the science on time-restricted eating, I mean, yes, there are some potential health benefits that may lie within fasting or time-time-restricted eating, but I don't think they're big enough to make it something that we should all be looking to do. Um, that's my general stance on that. And of course, there's this people maybe more educated on fasting than, than I am um, or time-restricted eating. But I think of it as maybe like a, just a bit of a tool to use to, to blunt off a, a couple of meals when you are dieting just to make the, 
the window of eating slightly smaller um, so that you're not going, you're not feeling potentially as hungry throughout the day. Um, if you, so for example, if you wake up, you eat seven, nine, 11, like, yeah, that might work for some, but for some people, a, a, a bit of a fast in the morning might work a little bit better. So that's my thoughts on that. Um, Jason, if you're holding a bit of fat, would you say it's best to diet down before starting a gaining phase? Um, that's such a large, such a broad question, Jason. Uh, if you're above like 16, 17% body fat, uh, you can't see your abs. Um, you're starting to like feel groggy after eating. Um, and you can literally pinch, like pinch a lot of stomach fat. You probably need to diet before you go into a gaining phase. But the only way I would be able to really determine as to whether you need to diet or not would literally be seeing you in person or seeing pictures. Um, so that's my stance on that, Jason. Luke, so, hey buddy. When to start reversing calories during prep? Signs to look out for knowing it's time to do so. So basically very few people can ever do this. Um, you will have to be in full contest condition for you to want to reverse calories. Um, in that moment of time, then the sign is you're lean enough. <laughs> um, and that will be, you know, for you, it'll be like, you know, striated glutes, striated hamstrings, um, you know, top to toe condition. That's the time at which you can, can be begin reversing calories. Um, and then you, you take a, you take a pretty gradual approach, you know, you'd, you'd make an initial larger jump and then you'd take it pretty gradual from there. But yeah, like once you're in stage condition, basically, Luke, that's it. You know, if you're in stage condition and it's before your show, you can begin reversing. That's it. Um, and you can build up your ability to handle calories before the show. Um, that's pretty much it. You just need to get into stage condition first. I wouldn't recommend reversing before you hit stage condition because, the, I mean, you might get a bit leaner, but the goal is still... To, to get maximal fat loss, so you just sort of need to stick it out in a deficit a little bit more. Um, there may be phases in which higher calories may give you more fuel to get leaner, and that might be in the form of a diet break or a refeed, but not reversing, because reversing is like saying the job's done. Like reversing is saying fat loss is done, basically. You don't want to get any leaner. Um, you may get leaner as a byproduct of reversing, but it's not the goal. Like the goal with the reverse isn't to get leaner. It's like when people used to do very strict reverse diets out of a contest, the goal wasn't to get leaner, but some people did end up getting leaner because they reduced diet fatigue. That's the main thing that you're gonna see with the reverse is a drop in scale weight and an improved look because you're dropping diet fatigue, not because you're in a deficit. You know, the deficit's actually not doing you any good at that stage. Um, so for someone who's skinny fat, would you recommend a cut or a gain first? Chris, again, this is very individual. It's very hard to say without seeing pictures. I'd highly recommend, I know that it sounds like a sales plug, but sign up for my member's site. Um, literally, it's $4.99 a month. You can join the members group and on the Facebook page, pop up some photos in the, in the, in the page. Um, we can all give our opinions as to whether you need to cut or gain. Um, you know, there's over, you know, over 250 members on the site. We can all give our opinions and then you can move forwards with either your cut or your, or your, or your gaining phase as a result of based on our opinions. Um, that's the way in which I say to people now, you know, cause uh, it's unfair for me to sort of get DMS on Instagram with pictures saying, should I cut or bulk? Like that's kind of unfair because that's unfair on my clients. It's unfair on the members of the site who are paying a little bit for both my advice and, and the knowledge. So yeah, I would say just join the member site and I can give you an opinion. Um, 
Hey AJ, how often would you vary exercise selection? Keelan, um, basically as little as possible, as little as humanly possible. So I'd stick with an exercise for as long as I can feasibly see it progressing. Um, once that exercise starts to not give me what I want, so from a connection standpoint, my muscle connection standpoint or a progression standpoint, it's not giving me what I want anymore, then I'll stick with it for a little bit longer and then I might rotate it. Um, but only at that point will I rotate it when it's just not giving me what I want anymore. But if an exercise continues to give you what you want, why the hell do you want to change it? You know, keep it the same. How do you approach cardio during a dead gaining phase down? So at the moment I do two sessions a week, both on a rest day. Um, they're anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes long and they're fairly intense to train fitness as opposed to just tick away burning calories. I want to actually get fitter. So yeah, rest days. And that's when I do my cardio. And I do it on the Stairmaster at the moment. SC Fitness NZ, thoughts on a dirty meal the night before comp, e.g. a burger. Unless you've tried this and you know the response that your body's going to have, do not do it. I repeat, do not do it because it'll be a stupid idea. You'll get a really unknown response. And why, after 20 plus weeks of dieting, do you want to get an unknown response from your body on the most important day? Like, that is just ridiculous, in my opinion. Like, for example, you're like, let's say your wedding is on Friday, and on every Thursday, you go to the same barbers, you go to the same barbers, and you get the same haircut every single time. But just because it's your wedding, you're like, fuck it. Let's go to a new barber's and have a new haircut. And guess what? You wake up on the Friday morning and your hair looks absolute shite. And you've got to get married that day. Like, why would you do that? Think through that in your head. Why on God's earth would you do that? So, but you could wake up on the Friday after having that new barber's and that new haircut and look absolutely sick. You could look fresh to death. Um, you could, like, turn up at the wedding, rock and roll feeling confident, everything's superb. But yeah, like you're risking it for a, for a biscuit. You're risking it for a chocolate biscuit on that front. So I would definitely avoid doing it unless you've already tried it. So if I was getting married on Friday, I would go out on, on several Thursdays before the wedding, try the new barbers, try the new haircut to see whether I liked it before getting uh, ultimately married on the um, Friday. By the way, I'm not getting married right now, so... Just to, just to clear that one up. It wasn't an allergy, so yeah. Uh, Mama Fitness, so Joe. Hey, Joe. Uh, looking forward to seeing you in November. When you Would you do a full deplete and load if you had two shows on the consecutive weekends, Twin Peaks? I love that, Twin Peaks. I'm going to use that phrase in the seminar for uh, double peak week. So yeah, Twin Peaks. Um, would I deplete and load for both? So if we'd found out that deplete and load worked really well, um, I don't see why not, Joe, because you do have that, you know, nice window of time. You'll be very full after the show day because obviously you'll be putting, on, putting in a fairly decent amount of carbohydrate on the show day itself and in the days prior. So you'll be fairly full coming off a Sunday show day into a Monday. You could deplete Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you could carb up like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So you could get a three-day load and like a three or a four-day deplete in there which I don't think would be too bad. Now, do I do a deplete and load with many people? No, and this is what you'll find out at the seminar. I'm, I'm more of a fan of a, a linear progressive load. So I start the week on normal macros at which someone will be already fairly depleted because if you're dieting right, you should be depleted-ish 
on your normal macros. Like you'll probably be flat on your normal macros. So then we start the load with just a very, very slow taper from the Monday onwards. And I'm gonna talk about how we utilize water, sodium, potassium, um, food choices, cardio, training. I'm gonna talk about all of that in the seminar and that would be too long for a, for an answer on this question, hence why it's good that you're coming. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, anyone that does like the sound of that, unless you've already signed up, spots are, are full for the seminar. So thanks very much for the support on that. If you are coming, I'm very excited to see you in November. It's going to be epic. Um, I will try and sort. I'm trying to sort some exciting things with a list um, for some goodies for you guys and for uh, the clothing as well. I'm trying to sort bringing some clothing along if anyone wants be epic hoodies. So be good. Uh, how long should a mini cut last, Sean? Ideally, no longer than eight weeks. Sorry, six weeks. Um, but mine lasted like eight weeks, so it wasn't really a mini cut. It was more of a cut. But I basically just got a little bit too heavy, so I needed to pull back more than I initially thought. So yeah, mini cut, ideally no longer than six weeks. Morgan, what do you think of high frequency training full body almost every day? Fuck me, your CNS will be battered. If you train full body every day, you will find it very difficult to progress. Very difficult, unless you really manage volume. And I mean your sessions being very short. So I would say that's not a cool way to look at doing things if your goal is maximum growth. I would say if you're looking to train full body, uh, you should look towards maybe a two or three session frequency. So full body, two or three times a week. That would be a very cool place for a very, big, very, very, very much a beginner to start. And then they could go from full body two or three times a week to upper lower four times a week. And then obviously in the future, they could transfer uh, to like a push-pull legs, upper lower hybrid, etc. So that's my thoughts on that, Morgan. I hope that makes sense. Yup, 8712. How to find a happy medium between body dysmorphia and just wanting improvement? Uh, that's a good question, you know. That's a very good question. Uh, it's difficult. And a lot of people say they have body dysmorphia and potentially they don't. Um... It's hard. I think try and be less judgmental as the way that you look and look at what how look at what you are doing and whether it's making you happy. All right. So like look at your gym performances. Look at your lifts. Are they making you happy? Like are they motivating you to train? Are they raising you up and not breaking you down? If if that's if that's what your lifts and what you do in the gym is doing, fantastic. Like just keep doing that because lifting for for everyone should be a very good, very enjoyable process. Like, it should make you happy. It should make you wanna do it. Um, and if, you, if you're if you locked up in this idea of body dysmorphia, um, constantly analyzing yourself and looking as to whether you're growing or not growing, like, you're just gonna end up, like, upset, basically, upset. Um, so try and focus on what makes you happy out of this shit. It should make you happy. Like, so focus on that. That's my um. That's my stance. Um, Jeannie, uh, hey, so this is one of Jack Piad's clients. Can you include a podcast with a natty female bodybuilder or figure competitor? Definitely, I can. Uh, me and Vicky will be back soon with some more podcasts, so I can definitely do that in the future for sure. No more defeats fitness. What's your show day protocol? Carb up meal early, eating when backstage, etc. So uh, you're gonna you're gonna laugh at this one. It's literally another day. Um, if you followed me throughout 2017 you'll have seen that like literally it was the same day. I treated it as another day. So I pretty much ate my normal meals. I didn't really change much. 
So I knew exactly how digestion was going to work, etc., etc. The only thing I would do backstage is have the secret highly branched cyclic dextrin protocol, which I'm not allowed to share because Jack Thorburn will bite my uh, bite my ear off. So yeah, the only thing that I did was uh, have a bit of dark chocolate, the highly branched secret protocol, and um, and get a good pump on. You should, if you've peaked right, you should get backstage, hit a few poses, and be fairly good to go. Um, the one thing that really opened my eyes at the BNBF British was being backstage with the pros. They literally came back and did pretty minimal pump up. They just posed a little bit and then they were ready to go because they were already full. They had enough stored glycogen just to like pose a little bit and they were popping like mad. So if you're like gasping for air trying to get a pump backstage, you probably not peaked too well. So that's my thoughts there. Um, Post-show mental and physical barriers, problems to overcome, etc. So, um, I think that's a bit of a bit of a trough. It's a bit of a like a, a bit of a large question to cover. But Callum, like the post-show, like mental and physical barriers, of course, are like to do with body composition because you're watching your body composition get worse, and energy levels are still low, so you actually look worse and still feel bad. So, yeah, like how to overcome them it's a case of just admitting that the phase is the phase and that you have got to do this. Like you can't stay stage lean. Um, you have got to reverse your calories. You have got to gain scale weight. It's not a question of whether you can or can't. It's a question of you having to. So you've just got to admit that you've got to do it. Like in the phase I'm in right now, I could quite easily hover at this body weight. Could quite easily just sit at like, they're late 160s and just chill here, but I can't because I've got to make improvements and that's got to come with some scale weight increase. I've got to gain weight. I've got to gain weight. So I've just got to admit that I've got to gain weight. I've got to admit that I've got to look a little bit shitter. Cool. Fantastic. Let's go. You know, because I'm a type of person that will just commit to the phase. So I committed to this mini cut. I got, you know, I started the mini cut 184. I finished at 166, 167. I got the weight off. I didn't complain once. I just got it done. So just get the phase done. Get the post-show phase done. Get it in the books. Um, that's my advice there, Callum, mate. Um, do I get online clients to compete at Park U? Um, yes, I get an extensive questionnaire. I don't use Google Drive. I use a very simple notes document initially with notes. Um, so they get, get that, they, they get that across. So yeah, that's my, uh, my approach there with online clients. Um, Limited offers as a new coach. I think I've answered this question before. So you only do like one offer in my opinion. Um, any more offers than one offer and you'll just start undervaluing your services, Liam. So hopefully those answered your questions. Um, but think about what you want to gather from your clients when you do a parky. That's what you really need to think about. Um, so Kay Kimmy, with all the heavy lifting and frequency, have I had elbow tendonitis? I've had like forearm like up into my bicep tendonitis before, but that was from gripping the bar too narrow on a back squat, a low bar back squat. So gripping wider helped me with that. Um, but touch wood, I haven't really had anything else. I have phases where, you know, the compounds are fucking taking their toll, like bench press, OHP, um, deadlifting, you know, it's taking its toll on my CNS and my joints. But other than that, it's just about like staying hydrated, um, if you get any niggles, you know, not burying them into the ground and not being silly with niggles, that's my other advice. 
Um, but yeah, just, just don't be stupid when it comes to, to niggles and things like that. Um, any tips for aiding digestion when calories are high? Um, you could look into uh, basically the, the trace roots is what you want to look into. So where is the digestion problem coming? Like I saw George discuss in his story the other day, he was having bagels and he said that his digestion immediately went to shit when, literally, when he started having bagels. So he reverse engineered that and took out the bagels. So if you make a calorie increase and you introduce a new food and that new food doesn't sit well with you, hey presto, you've got your problem, fix it. Um, but other than that, you know, if the digestion is a constant issue, then maybe look into a good digestive enzyme. Uh, Nutri-Advanced and A-List do great ones. Uptake is the one that I use from MTS Nutrition. Tastes fantastic as well. Um, and just making sure that your fiber doesn't get too high. A lot of people make the mistake of having fiber far too high in a gaming phase and they wonder why they're clogged up. So yeah, just make sure that you know your fiber isn't creeping you know, above 50 grams a day. Um, because, you know, if it starts to creep up into like 60, 70 grams for some people, like fuck me, you're gonna be like brimmed up to the up to your neck. Um, that's no not gonna be fun at all. Um, so I think that's, yeah, we'll answer one more because I'm at 28 minutes. So Jamie asked about bioavailable protein and sort of going into depth on that. So I just look to consume 30 grams of high bioavailable, Highly bioavailable protein per meal. That's, that's about as simple as I get. And I consume five meals per day. Um, I don't think there's any need to consume like six, seven, eight meals a day. Like if you want to consume six, like go ahead for it. But for me, five works. Um, so every every sort of three to four hours, I'm having 30 grams of highly bioavailable protein. And the way in which I make sure that, that happens is when I log into my fitness power, I just make sure that the, the grammage is 30 grams plus from just the protein source. So not, not the whole meal, just the protein source. Um, and uh, I eat the same foods every day, so I know exactly what it is. You know, For example, like 30 grams of protein from 5% beef is about 150 grams. 30 grams of protein from chicken is about 130 grams, 140 grams raw. Um, whey, you're looking at about you know anywhere between 35 and 40 grams of whey protein. Egg whites, you're looking at 200 to 250 grams. Like, yeah, so just know your amounts and then you can just create meals pretty easily. But yeah, that's gonna be it for this week, dudes and dudettes. Dudes and dudettes, wow, that's, that's fucking stupid, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Right, so um, we'll be back probably tomorrow with Georgie Boy. Um, so you can look forward to that. Tomorrow is a rest day for me today. I have deadlifts. I'm either going to train at a gym called MSC Performance in Birmingham, uh, which is just a walk down the road, or I'm going to go to Black Country. Depends how I feel. Um, the only issue with Black Country at the moment is it is just a drive away. So if I've got a busy day and I've got more check-ins, etc., it's just a bit difficult to have like a 20-ish, 25-minute drive on top of that. Um, I don't mind it, but it's just having that on top of check-ins and when I'm already feeling a bit overreached, it's like driving on top of that. And the amount of driving I've been doing already to Sheffield and to shows, it's just like sometimes I just want to walk. Um, so I'll see how I feel. But I will be sure to get some content out for you guys in terms of how the deadlifts go. And we will speak soon. Peace out. Cheers for listening, guys. Bye.